0: Welcome to Just The Sip, everybody. I'm here with Adam Wahid. He is a beautiful Egyptian man, is probably gonna get nominated for an Oscar. And it all started with 300 followers and a five-month edit on an Instagram video that now has turned this man into a social media Mike Tyson. How are you? I'm doing good,
1: man. I'm holding up, holding up during these times. But uh, everything's great.
0: It's so interesting because I feel like looking at your Instagram and listening to your story and reading up about you, there's a sense of freedom that you have that I don't have. <laughs> and we both work in media. We're both producing content. But what's it feel like to be free as f-? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'm free, Uh,
1: I mean, I'm still able to shoot, of course, you know, being as safe as possible. It's a little tough though, because I'm not able to shoot with as many people as I used to shoot with. So, uh, nowadays when I come up with an idea, I have to come up with an idea that, you know, is around one person or two people max. So, uh, it's definitely challenged me a bit creatively, but you know, I made it work. I'm making it work.
0: How did this all begin? Like, where did you get the idea that I'm going to just do funny ass online? Yeah, I've always been doing
1: comedy. Um, that's that's always been a thing of mine. I was trying to play. I was actually trying to play sports. I was trying to play football. I wanted to go to the NFL and uh, I wasn't that great. I mean, I was decent, but I, I wasn't the, the best. But comedy was something that I was always the best at, but I never looked at it as like a career. When I was here, when I moved to L.A. to act, you know, I thought, you know, that was going to be my ticket in acting Yeah, stand up comedy. I was do like bar gigs like these sh- bar gigs where like nobody was even listening you know what i'm saying people were eating yeah. at the bar and i was trying to tell these jokes and uh it was it was just really tough it wasn't until i started doing videos that it just skyrocketed yeah when i had that first video that went viral that's when i quit my job as an assistant and i was like this is it this is i'm famous now i'm doing this full time uh, <laughs> And then then I believe the next video I posted only got like a thousand views. So it humbled me real quick, but uh, I I knew I had something. I knew I had something. So I kept going and uh, you know, it was kind of like a snowball effect and everything just fell on my lap. Uh, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction.
0: Yeah. Well, it's funny because most actors wait for that big break, but for you, you went ahead and made it happen. At what point, like, did you think that I could do this by myself? I don't even need Anybody or any producer or any you know, casting director tell me that I'm gonna be the star, I'm gonna make this happen for myself.
1: You know what? I'm actually so happy that it worked out that way because let's say I was to you know book some gigs early on, then I would have thought, hey, you know, I'm an actor and, and this is my path. And you know, with acting, you know, not knocking it, but you know, you get put in this box and you're a work for hire, right? People are hiring you to come on and act, but. To be able to produce a piece of content, knowing that you have the talent to be able to make something rather than just acting something. Yeah. So much more powerful. And you reach so many more people. And it's like, I would have never knew that I had that skill. I just thought I could be funny on camera. You know, because I didn't have the opportunity to act, I had to create my own stuff, create my own opportunities. And then I was like, oh, wait, hold up. I could actually make funny myself. So it's <laughs> like almost like this small little part of it. In the bigger picture, is like okay. I can write a concept down. I can create the entire thing. I, of course, I'll act in it. I own the content. You know, my goal was I don't want to say too small, but you know, I, I, I looked at it on a really small scale. Like I just want to be a big actor. But now that I've realized this talent that I'm able to create, it is far more rewarding. I actually enjoy creating sometimes more, and not even being in it. Uh, just just creating a project is.
0: It's something I love to do. This is the part I can't visualize. And I need help visualizing things. I really do. Like, I know I have an idea. I know what I want to do in life. But I have a hard time visualizing the road. I do believe, in some sense, that the universe looks out for my ass. Because for some reason, I don't know how I got here. But, God damn it, I got here. But to create something out of dust, I've never done it. There must be a sense of you that must be scared as putting yourself out there and putting out things that you can't blame on anybody else. Because if a video is a flop, it's coming back to you.
1: Yep. And same if it's not. Same if it's successful. And, and you have done it. You've just done it unconsciously. So, you know, with with visualizing things, you know, you start with something small, right? And that's how I started. Like, I would say I'd set a small goal, which was might have been a big goal at that time, right? But looking back, I'm like, oh, that was one of my goals, you know? It was a small goal, right? Like, I want to reach it. 2,000 followers. I want to reach 5,000 followers. And when you visualize that and it actually becomes a reality, you build your confidence, right? You're like, oh, shit, bro, yeah. like 2,000 followers. Then you know, I'm, I'm getting better. Make, let me try 5,000 and so on and so forth. And then you get into the millions and then you get into the billions, right? Now your confidence is so high because you've literally been making nothing into something, nothing into something, something into something bigger, right? And your confidence grows, right? So it always becomes like a game. So now it's like, what do I want next, right? You just pick and choose. And, yeah. and that's kind of you know the, the method I've been using. So an Oscar is something I've been visualizing, writing down, um, and just putting out in the world for, for about a year now. Or no, maybe, maybe two years. I made that film in uh, 2019. Uh, it was my first short film ever. Uh, ne- never made one before. And uh, it got into a bunch of Oscar qualifying film festivals, um, you know and i continue to visualize visualize and uh now we're we're up for one uh qualified so yeah i literally uh just said that i would tell everybody that i tweeted it uh and i just stand by it and um uh, like i said it's just a game it's like what do you want in life just say it write it down and it becomes it if you
0: believe it Glenn Close has been acting for 30 something years and has been trying to get this Oscar. And you just (laughs) said, oh, I said something two years ago on a napkin and I'm going to get it. I find that social media influencers and social media creatives are two different types of people. Am I wrong? Social media is so
1: big now. It's like, you know, it's tough to put a label on. There's so many labels within the label of like influencer. You know, you have creators, you have... You know, there, there's models, there's fitness people, there's actors, there's actresses. It's just, it's, everybody's on there, right? So what do you, what do you, if you call, what do you call someone who has, you know, a huge following now? You know,
0: it, it, it gets pretty specific. Well, what do you call yourself?
1: I would say a creative, um, yeah, I like to create, uh, content. I'm a content creator.
0: But um, I also notice that the creatives only With the creatives when it comes to like doing, you know, getting together, making a video, getting millions of views on it. Like, I feel like there's like a certain, like a fraternity that you guys have when you're on top of the world with 500,000 plus. Am I wrong? Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it. It's the same way with any other field, right? Like actors only f-
1: with actors and music people only f- with music people. So, you know, creators are only going to f- with creators. And you have people, you know, who will collaborate with other people just to open up a different audience. But, um, you know, if you're creating a piece of content, right, you're going to try to get someone else who's super popping on the app yeah. in your content rather than just getting a random person that people don't really know in this world. So, um, you know, that's just by nature, I feel like.
0: Cause I'm trying to get in one of the videos.
1: Hey, come on, man. I I don't discriminate. I I, I like to shoot with uh, anybody. My thing is, if you have a good eye, cause when I first started, I used to go up to people. I used to see people like on the street. I used to follow them, not follow them on the street, follow them
0: on the street. I'm not a stalker. I'm like, you creepy. You're <laughs> creepy too.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I, I used to follow like all these like big Instagrammers and I used to see them like in North Hollywood on the street. Now you go up like, Hey man, I got this idea. Like, uh, I want to shoot this video. And, and a lot of people would blow me off and be like, "Ah, oh, you don't, you know, you don't have a following." Yeah. I don't care how many followers you have. If you have a good idea, I will shoot a video with you. And I've done that with multiple people who just have good ideas because I believe that you know, good content always rise to the top, even if you have zero followers, right? When I had 300 followers, you know, I had a good enough piece of content to get to the top. So yeah, people always talk about, oh, what are the hacks and tricks of growing your page and and how do you get so many views on something? And, uh, you know, it always comes down to if it's a good piece of content, it doesn't matter where you're posting it off, how many followers you have, good content always rise to the top.
0: My followers always want something shady. They want a little. <laughs> they want a little ass and something shady. I don't know what it is. It's like hey, people want to see these days. People, you know, and I, I mean that's the other thing. It's like I feel like everybody just decided like it we're gonna go only fans
1: only fans in the game. I, I i don't knock it man i don't knock it it's not it's not really my style but i mean i don't knock it at all like there, there's it's, it's a really active platform a lot of people are making a lot of good money off of it um so i mean keep doing it
0: where'd you grow up uh born and raised in queens uh new york I know in Latin households, black households, like if you say you wanted to be a producer or an actor, they were like, deuces, like good luck to yo ass. But like if you're going to live under this household, you're going to go to school for something worthwhile. What's it like being Egyptian and coming out here? Like what was your household like? Was it a supportive?
1: First, yeah, my mom, uh, really the rest of my family were like, what the hell are you doing? Um, I was like, I want to, my mom didn't even know what Instagram was, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, I got like, I got, I got half a million views on the video and she, she just didn't really understand it. And, uh, you know, she was been trying to convince me for like two years to move back to New York, move back home and, uh, with her and, um, get a job. And I'm like, no, like I have something like I'm getting a lot of views, mom. Like I wasn't making any money at the time. Yeah. You know, because I was just figuring out how how the whole thing works, right? I was pulling in all this viewership, but had no clue how to monetize it. And uh, so I wasn't making any money, but I was like, "Look at the look at the accolades I'm getting! Like I'm getting tons of views." She just kept like saying, "Like oh, what are you doing? Like you're not making any money off of it. Like you need to get a real job. You need to get a real job." That's all I heard: "Real job." I think it was until uh, visited New York uh, one time, and we were in uh, Manhattan. Some field trip was going on. Some 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 type of field trip. It was like five school buses. I was walking with my mom down the street and look like at least like 200, 300 kids swarmed me, right? No. Like asking for pictures and like they swarmed me and my mom and it was like this huge scene like they, a few cops actually were like by the area and they had to break it up and like they, we got an Uber and left. My mom was like, you're really famous like that? And I was like, I, I tell you. And, uh, Now she's like my number one fan. She's like commenting on every post. She's like fighting with fans in the comments. I'm like, hey, don't don't fight. Don't write back to people. Um, So she's like really supportive of it now. But uh, it's kind of like you you had to wait till you saw it
0: to to believe it for her. Oh, my God. I could love that. Are you dating anybody? No, I'm single. I'm looking, though.
1: But I'm single. Yeah.
0: A lot of cloud dating in social media. Yeah. How do you not? Because I know them DMs are popping. I know people are trying to just date you just to get that f-ing tag. You know, they doing it just to get in those videos. How do you like not get caught up in that? Because a lot of people do. To be honest, I never really go through my DMs.
1: Um I, I look, what? At, look in the beginning, I used to uh I used to be in the DMs all the time, but uh, you know, as I've been able to grow my page more, I, I look at my page more of a business and a, and a place to create content rather than a, you know, sliding a DM. So I don't, I don't really, I, I, I'm not even lying to you. I really don't go through my DMs. I really don't DM girls.
0: Adam Wahid. if anyone is out there listening and they have gotten a DM from Adam Wahid, send me that blurry picture so I can put his ass on blast. Okay.
1: Oh, oh hey, don't. <laughs> there, okay. Okay. There was a few, there was a few, there was a few. Like, I'm not saying zero, but, uh, but you know, I used to be wild. I'm a businessman now.
0: How old are you? 28. Oh, you hadn't even unlocked the whole land key yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You, no, no, no. You don't get to say I used to be wild cause you hadn't even unlocked the Super Mario Holand adventures when I'm, you turned 30.
1: I'm a, I'm a, the guy you take home to your parents. I'm a very nice guy
0: today (laughs) at 28
1: always always always
0: yeah but you know what let me tell you straight or gay I'm a gay guy straight or gay I feel like there is something that happens to men and women at different times in their lives but for men like for me I always thought I wanted a white picket fence like I'm about to have two kids by the age of 30 and for some reason when Something happened at 30. I was like, oh, I never experienced life. I've been sitting here trying to keep my numbers low. And I haven't even been out in these streets. And there's something. Yeah, you got to live. There's something weird. Sometimes you got to go to the streets. Sometimes you got to go to the streets. I walk forever. 100%. And I always tell people, had I had gotten married at 28 or 29 when I thought it was going to happen, I would have never known, you know, what was Mm -hmm. really out there. You know what I mean?
1: Got see what's out there. I respect that. You Are you see- seeing what's out there? Uh, well, for me, I I think I'm gonna get married and have kids this year. I have no potential leads, but um, I'm putting it out there.
0: But have you been rich and single for a long enough? That's what I wonder.
1: For yeah, yeah, for like two years.
0: Look, I've lived. I'm your elder. Listen to me when I tell you this, because everybody goes through this whole song and dance. All my friends who got married at 25, 26 and settled down and have been with their dudes for a long time, they're all getting to that age where they're like, what are you doing? How was it? We saw you went to Coachella. Who'd you sniff? Like, they're just like, they're wanting to know. I almost feel like you have, men I feel like don't know who they are until they're 33. Like, do you know who you are? I think I do. I think I know who I am. Um, I don't know, you're making me doubt
1: myself now. I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, I went to college um, I, you know, I, I've, I've lived my life, you know. Uh, I think I'm ready to settle down. But, I mean, I'm not going to force anything, you know. Whatever happens, happens. But, like I said, whatever you put out is what you get back. So, uh, I think uh, this might be the year I, you know, settle
0: down. Well, you ain't got to force anything because you live in Los Angeles. It's the hardest place to date in the world. Pandemic, is even harder. Don't get me started on the pandemic. The swiping in the pandemic is the most pointless thing I've ever done in my life.
1: Yeah, you don't want that pandemic swipe.
0: You don't want to, by the way, you don't want to get the COVID being out in these streets. Yeah,
1: you don't. You don't. Now it's just like, it's too risky. It's like, I really have to be interested in a girl for me to meet up with her because, you know, with COVID, you never know.
0: You know, it's interesting because I wonder this about you. I know a lot of times when you're looking for representation and you're looking for agents and managers, they sometimes don't with you whenever you're just starting out in the social media space because they didn't understand it. Yeah. Now that you're popping, I bet you're getting all these, you know, offers and you know filling all these requests to represent you. How do you get over the rejection of your earlier years and take on somebody who maybe said no to you earlier?
1: Yeah. Oh my God. I would try everything to just get representation when I first moved. I even tried to convince somebody who wasn't even a manager to become a manager to manage me. Uh, I, I, I was doing anything and everything. And, um, you know, once I started to build my page and, and go viral a bunch, you know, now I'm signed with CAA. And I've been rocking with them probably for about almost Three, four years now. And, um, yeah, getting tons of offers and getting ten, tons of looks that I never got before. But um, the team that I have now is so great that I wouldn't want anybody else. And they've been there since the beginning. Um, so when you talk about four years ago, social media was, you know, it's not like it was today. It's been getting more and more relevant month by month. There's new creators every single day. But, you know, about four years ago, there was a space that wasn't really understood. You know, CAA even yeah. now. digital branch and a lot of these bigger agencies have this digital branch that did that they didn't have four years ago yeah trying to understand it right so in that sense it was tough to get signed by anybody you know when you're a social media specific person um and then now you're you're facing the problem of there's so many social media stars so why do we want you right what makes you than the next person because the next person also has a million followers right so um I wouldn't say that it's even gotten easier because, you know, I faced that problem when I first started where it was not that understood. And now, you know, for for newer people, I've just been talking to, you know, people who are coming up saying that it's tough because there's too many options. Right. What makes you different than the next social media star? So it's crazy crazy how it's evolving, um, but it's quite interesting.
0: I'm not dealing with TikTok. Like, I feel like I missed the boat. Get on there, it's never too late. No, but my problem is, look, I know how I am. I'm a perfectionist. I'm gonna wanna sit here, I'm gonna look like Beyonce in a TikTok video, and it's not gonna bode well for me.
1: You could do it though. Look, the thing is, it's not always about dancing. A lot of people think it's just dancing. I don't even dance on TikTok. Uh, That's TikTok, you can do whatever you want. As long as your videos are interesting in some sort of capacity, you know, uh, you'll go viral. It's, it's much easier to go viral on TikTok as well because it's just such an active platform right now.
0: I don't know. I also am very, uh, I latch on to Like, if I'm just going to scroll through Instagram, my finger's going to come off. Like, <laughs> I'm not scrolling for like two seconds. I'm scrolling for two and a half I, damn hours, okay? You, I'll be like, wait, what? I've been doing this for three hours? You get stuck in the vortex like have a you, 14-year-old boy with AOL. Have you ever checked your uh, screen time on your phone? it's the most embarrassing thing ever. What are you at?
1: Uh, I think last week I did 12 hours. Like No. That's like, I have a problem, but I know I have a problem. At least I admit it. People won't admit they have a problem. I have a problem. I'm on my phone constantly. I justify it because I have to, I'm a, I'm a creator and I work on there, but I, I'm for sure on there way too long.
0: That's why you're single.
1: Yeah. You might be right. I got to, that, that's, uh, I got to start, I got to reduce it to five hours a day
0: you have to reduce it to five hours a day and you have to start, I have a new rule. When I go to dinner, if I can walk there or drive there myself, I leave my phone either in the car or at my house.
1: I'm not, I'm not doing that.
0: Why not? What, if you're going to dinner with somebody, if you're on a date and you're at dinner with somebody, why do you need to talk to anybody else? I gotta
1: check what's going on on my page.
0: No, Adam, there it is. He's tall, he's dark, he's got that <laughs> thick-ass hair, he's got money, and I found the one problem. He can't stay off Miss iphone yeah
1: Hey, maybe that's my true love, my iPhone. <laughs> Are you going to fall in love with Siri? Is that what I'm hearing? And, and I got two phones, so...
0: Not a whole phone.
1: No, 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 no. It's just, a, just an extra phone, you know?
0: <laughs> bat phone, the bat phone. No, but honestly, why... And this is, you know what? Every conversation ends up being a serious conversation because I too was addicted to my phone and everybody is. And I'm like, no, but it's not okay. Because when I had a razor phone, I grew up, you know, in the time of a razor. I never, that thing never came anywhere with me.
1: I used to have one. I it didn't have service. I just like flipping it up in front of people. Cause you know, if you had that razor, it was, like I used to have the sidekick, the side. Oh, wheel.
0: I had the Blackberry with the wheel on the side. Oh yeah. And that ball, the ball would get dirty. The ball, would, the ball would be nasty. That, ball, that clear ball, ball, ball uh. COVID on
1: it for sure.
0: The problem, though, and I and I wonder, we all are so fascinated with our phones. Have you seen Social Dilemma yet?
1: Yeah, wild.
0: Does it make you think
1: everything they were saying? Like that's me. I'm there. I'm the target. I'm I'm on my. That's me. I'm on my phone all day.
0: But what does it make you feel like when someone's trying to say we need to stop people from enjoying his craft or putting money into his craft? Like you must it must be a mind.
1: Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy how, how just how like they run the ads and how, you know, they even like on social media, you know, like your explore page is fit for the things that you've been clicking and the things that you like. So it keeps you on the app longer. Right. If I see a video that I'm interested in and they're giving me tons of those videos, then yeah, that's going to make the difference of me watching my phone when I pick it up for 30 minutes or if I pick it up and watch it for two minutes. Right. So they
0: they're good. (laughs) It's insane. I can't let you go without really diving deep into tribe. Can you tell us a little bit about the story and how the idea came about?
1: Yeah, so uh, basically, it's a film about uh, a white guy, a black guy, and me, a Middle Eastern guy, and we go on this train cart in New York City, and uh, basically we're robbing the entire cart, and um, I notice the black guy's not robbing any of the black people, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I don't want to rob my own people." So um, I say, well, then I don't want to rob my own people. So I give like a wallet back to a brown guy that I took from. And then the white guy overhears and he says, uh, well, I don't want to rob my people. So we meet back in the middle in the midst of this robbery. And we're like, all right, we're not going to rob anybody who's white, black or brown. But then we start to separate the cart into different subgroups. Right. And it gets super wild. Like we'll be like, all right, Netflix or Hulu or uh, gay or <laughs> 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 It ends up. Uh, it ends up, one of us ends up on the opposite side each time, right? So we can never come to an agreement uh, on on who we're going to rob. You know, we realize at the end there's just too many commonalities between everybody. So we decide, you know what, we, we're just going to have to rob everybody because we, we can't separate everybody. And then by that time, we burn so much time, you know, we get arrested and we go to jail. But the whole point of the film is that no matter how you separate people based off age, sex, gender, race, we're all the same. We're all connected. We're all humans, Right so that's the underlying message of the film and you know at first you can separate people based off color right that's that's the obvious one you can even separate people based off gender because that's obvious right but too obvious find out more about a person right you don't know their beliefs necessarily from looking at them sometimes maybe but you don't know their beliefs so as it gets deeper And you realize that, oh, well, this guy's white and this guy's black, but they have this same belief. But you wouldn't have known that based off, you know,
0: first glance. You the book by the cover. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Right. So then you get to the point where, you know, okay yeah, we are different at first glance. But if you look at it, we we actually have some of the same beliefs. So what makes us so different? Uh, And and it's nothing because we're all we all have commonalities. No matter, you know, from A to Z, you're going to have something in common with somebody, no matter how different, no matter how different of a background or look you have, you're gonna have something in common with that person. And that's what makes us all connected. So why is there subgroups? Why are people being separated? Why are we you know, putting stereotypes on people when at the end of the day, we're all the same race, which is human, right? Yeah, so that's the underlying message of the film and that's packed on top with a bunch of jokes. And when you watch it, you'll really see that message, but it's uh, deep under all the comedy and, and the entire film.
0: Where can we find this film?
1: it's on youtube it's uh it's actually uh right now it's it's streaming or on uh shorts of the week uh, which is a really profound youtube channel for short films so it's it's on there it's it's the only place it's on right now um and then you know after this month or these next couple months we'll probably just put it out everywhere
0: so you're 28 years old yeah what was it like for you because you're a brown guy. I'm a black man from South Louisiana who just happened to be gay as well. It was a double-edged sword. But you grew up in New York City as a brown man. Oh yeah. What was your life like after September 11th? How and how old were you?
1: Uh, I believe I was in fifth grade uh, when it happened. Um, I actually remember it, 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 we all got sent home from school that day. You could see like the smoke from from our school window it was really tough times for anybody who was, uh, you know, Middle Eastern or Brown, um, growing up, you know, of course, you know, kids in school, they, especially they fifth back. and sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, New York too, you know, there's like, you know, people speak their mind. So, um, it was really tough, you know, uh, especially for my mom as well, who wore a hijab. it was very tough for her as well, you know? And even if it's not like somebody directly saying something to you, you know, just getting certain looks,
0: you know? Oh, 100% getting on the <laughs> subway. <laughs>
1: You could feel when you're not wanted somewhere or when you're at a restaurant and people are staring at at your mom or at you, you know. So I I wouldn't say like so many people would just come up to my face and, you know, say something to me. It was it was more like looks and, you know, people treating you certain ways. So it it definitely was tough. But at the same time, you know, life goes on and and you can't uh, live life looking over your shoulder. So um, I learned that early on to just, you know. I'm going to be positive and treat everybody the same, no matter what. And even if you, you know, feel a certain way towards me, um, I'll make you laugh and then you'll like me.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But a lot of comedians have been through some dark. Like when you look at some of the comedy greats, they've had to overcome some things. So I kind of wonder if your comedy is kind of rooted in what happened at that moment in you where, your switching point was my survival is going to be me making you laugh,
1: absolutely, yeah, and, and not only that, you know that was one aspect, but just just life in general, not having money, um you know, just all different types of struggles, right comedy and making people laugh in my opinion has just always been the key to everything, right like you can win anybody over if you you can make them laugh and even if you're hanging around. People who are far wealthier than you, if you can make them laugh, they're going to want you around them or, you know, vice versa. Wh- whenever, you know, I just feel like comedy has opened up so many doors. It's gotten me every single door. And uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, you put money aside, you put you know anything materialistic aside or whatever. Uh, you yeah. know, just having the skill to make someone laugh and making someone laugh is the greatest feeling far over any money amount or follower amount. Um, One thousand. Know, I was making people laugh. I was making twenty people laugh, and then I was making thirty people laugh, and you know, then it got you know, much higher. But you know, that that is uh, the greatest thing for me, hearing laughter.
0: But you're also from New York, so I feel like when people come from New York to L.A., it's a whole different it's a whole different vibe because you guys have been running since you guys were six. You know what I mean? Like L.A. Yeah. people are like, I got an audition, and I'm going to wait for that audition to come so, because I might get it. You know, and the audition's four weeks away. You New York people are like, you know, MCI, you know, operators. Y'all are trying to connect this person with this person and trying to get, you know, everywhere. Trying to get that hustle on is what I'm trying to say
1: always about the next step. Like I'll, I'll do an audition. After I do the audition, I take the script, and throw it in the trash, forget about it. I'm on to the next thing. I'm doing a million other things after that. And then if I hear back from the audition, cool. If not, I already forgot about it because I have this, 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 this coming up next uh, that I'm working on. So whatever I'm doing at the current moment, I'm already looking for the next step. And if that pans out what I'm doing currently, cool. If not, I already have this thing cooking up.
0: Are you one of those New Yorkers who um, say New York is the best thing that ever happened to anybody?
1: <laughs> I mean, New York. I, I think New York is the best place. I mean, in my opinion. No,
0: no, 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 no. Go back to New York and enjoy that snowstorm and that twelve degree weather. If you're gonna say New York is the best place ever, say, and enjoy our weather, okay? I,
1: I would never move back to New York. I I think New York is the best place to grow up and learn your skill set from. Oh.
0: Uh,
1: you get you get to come against so many people of different backgrounds, you know, it's probably arguably the most diverse place in America. So uh, yeah. growing up there, you know, you, you get to, that's why New Yorkers succeed everywhere they go, because you've dealt with everything and anything that you come, you come, you come across crazy people on the subway, you come across somebody who talks really fast. You come across people who this, that, and uh, you know, when you go anywhere else in America or even the world, you know, you're prepared. You've seen this person somewhere. You probably seen them on the subway. So, <laughs> You know, it just prepares you for life. Would I live there? No, it's too cold. But having the luxury of growing up in New York, yes, I for me to live anywhere. And, you know, one of the hardest things to do, you know, that's super underrated is can you go somewhere anywhere in the world, whatever state, country you move to? Can you show up somewhere where you don't know anybody and make a group of friends? That is such a hard thing to do. That's a-,
0: a tough thing to do. That is a tough thing I to do. Go
1: somewhere and you just you know befriend people. It's tough. You have to talk to people. You have to you want to befriend the right people. You, how do you know, and that's something I learned growing up. Like I went to Texas for school, and I was able to get a group of friends there. When I went to LA, I was able to you know create a group of friends. It's so it's a tough thing to do, especially if you're a, an introvert or you know you're not that social. It's not easy.
0: Or you know, if you're a kid of the social media age, you know what I mean. Like even dating now, like. I remember going to bars when I first came out and, you know, you did the old school shit. You sat by the bar, you ordered a cocktail, you wait for somebody to come up and say hi, or you went up and said hi to someone and they didn't know anything about you. And they would give you a chance to get to know you. Now we look at people's social medias and I'm guilty. I want to know who you are, who you hang out with. I want to look at the tag photos to (laughs) see what you really look like. Tag photos will tell you a lot. That's why I have to untag mine because my friends are shady. (laughs) But, you know, I feel like, you know, it's just hard nowadays to date, to meet people, to befriend people, because especially in Los Angeles, I feel like a lot of people have a motive.
1: Yeah. I love people from New York. Like it's there. It's not as, um, you know, follower driven, I feel like, you know, L.A. is definitely follower driven. But at the same time, you know, I'm around a great group of people where, you know, I don't really notice it, but I've heard some horror stories.
0: Oh, you and I are gonna be best friends after this, and I'm gonna get that tag, okay? And I do have an idea.
1: I'm gonna put you up on the tag photo.
0: Oh my (laughs) no. Send it to me first so I can fix it. And then you gotta face tune it. You can put that bitch up. Well, thank you so much for joining me for just a sip. You are honestly, I went through and I was dying at half of your on your Instagram, the WebMD. Is my life?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a real story. I, I shot that because that really happened to me. I had like these sharp pains in my stomach for like two days, and like uh, I went to the doctor, and they didn't they didn't actually well before I went to the doctor, I was like I was searching it up online, and uh, it said something about like me passing away or something, and I was like, what? And then I went to the doctor, and they're like <laughs> stomach ache.
0: <laughs> like, oh, you friend. have gas. You ate a <laughs> bean burrito off the Taco Bell value menu, motherfucker. That's why your stomach hurts.
1: That was it. And it's like, don't search up, don't yeah, don't try to get a medical diagnosis off Google. <laughs>
0: <laughs> please, please cuz it'll have
1: you thinking you're going to you're done.
0: Well, congratulations on everything. I will definitely check out that movie, and I might who knows, see you on Oscar night.
1: Yes, absolutely. I, I, I hope to see you on Oscar night.
0: You guys, thanks for listening. And do not forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And you can follow me at The Lady Sitter and be sure to come back every week for another pour of your favorite celebrity.